Welcome to It's All About Jesus, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Eagle. You are listening to a Sunday morning message by Pastor Mike Sasso. If you would like to join us for church, we meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle, Idaho. You may also join us live streaming at that time. Go to cceagle.org at 10 a.m. to watch the whole service live. If you can't join us then, you can always go back and watch the video. Let's listen in to today's message. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. Well, this kind of stuff is happening even today, which we think it's all in the Bible times. You know what? There's more persecution taking place around the world against Christians today than there ever has been in Bible times, uh, numerically. It's, it's amazing. Matter of fact, uh, we are so spoiled in America, we don't realize what we have and what, what other believers are putting up with. I think it was uh, one of our missionaries, I read an email this last week from Rich Wise. Where is he? Thailand? It is. I didn't want to get the wrong, <laughs> but he he wrote a, a little praise report. What's going on? And he was saying that he gave a um, a lady in the church after church a ride back to her house because she usually walks. And and I don't know if the, the weather got bad or what, but he gave her a ride back home because she walks. And they looked at his odometer. She walks seven and a half miles every Sunday to go to church. This is. A current thing happening right now, one of our missionaries, we don't realize, and it snows a little bit, we're going to stay home, right? <laughs> it's amazing what the world is putting up with, uh, what believers around the world are putting up with, and we are kind of soft and cushy. What I'm going to do today, uh, along with our text, it fits perfectly with our text in Hebrews at the end of chapter 11, but I want to give you some statistics and make this our Persecuted Church Sunday so that just it's, it's a time to make you aware of what's going on around the world as well as if you want to do something about it, like, like uh, Joe Brown says, they have a table out there you could pick up literature. We also have uh, literature that how you could pray for the Persecuted Church, how you could sign up for newsletters and, and know what's going on. But uh, some statistics I got from uh, the World Watch List is around the world more than 360 million Christians live in places where they experience high levels of persecution just for following Jesus. That's one in seven believers worldwide. It isn't happening much. You think we're persecuted, <laughs> but that's what pers- you, you'll see what real persecution is like. Uh, the numbers are astonishing, but behind each number and statistic, there's a real human story. And so the 2022 World Watch List is about these stories and numbers. And I will give you the website if you want to look up where I'm getting some of this information. And there's much more than I have time to give you uh, today. Uh, Each year, Open Doors USA World Watch List provides an unparalleled uh, glimpse into 50 places around the world where it costs the most to be a Christian. So I told you, I always give you fill-ins. And I'm, you're, you know where your feelings are going this week. Your first feeling is this. Christianity. Christianity is the world's most persecuted religion. You think, no, 
<laughs> of course, even 20, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we might have thought, no way. But it is clearly the most persecuted religion. Every year, uh, as the as the Open Doors releases the report, they give us more information, and I'm going to give you more. So, again, that number for your next fill-in is last year, 360 million, that's the number, 360 million Christians lived in countries where persecution was significant. Now, as I give you some more of these statistics, I'm going to have our PowerPoint people kind of rotate through some maps so that you can see the hot spots in the world. And America really isn't one of them yet. It very well could be. Um, roughly there's, last year there were 5,600 Christians murdered. More than 6,000 were detained and imprisoned. Another 4,000 plus were kidnapped. In addition, more than 5,000 churches and other religious facilities were destroyed. I know that's one of the things, when I was really involved with the Indian uh, uh, outreach in Indian churches when I worked on staff at Calvary Boise we hear quite often that churches would get burnt down and it, sometimes it was the Muslims but sometimes even militant Hindus believe it or not they're not all like Gandhi okay? and, and so uh, persecution for Christians there as well uh, American Christian talk of persecution but this is what persecution really is what I'm telling you right now every year Open Doors releases that report. I'm going to give you more information from the report. Last year, 11 nations were guilty of extreme persecution. So you've seen some of the, um, the hot spots, but now we're going to focus, before I move on, on Afghanistan. You know what happened this last year with Afghanistan. The heat really got turned up when we pulled out. And uh, it, it actually took over as number one spot for persecution it, it replaced North Korea this last year because of what happened. And we could take the credit for some of that. You know, and right now in Afghanistan, it's impossible to live openly as a Christian. Leaving Islam is considered shameful. And uh, Christian converts face dire consequences if their new faith is discovered. Either they have to flee the country or they're going to be killed. Tough, tough stuff. Uh, now, unfortunately, with the collapse of the U.S. back to Cabal, uh, the government made the situation even worse, much worse, because Christian persecution is extreme in all spheres of public and private life, and the risk of discovery has only increased since the Taliban controls every aspect of government, including the paperwork, which we left some paperwork behind, which gives lists of who's who, and even some of the Christians and churches. So it's really hot. It's really tough. Uh, I, I, and I think it's important that at least one time a year we focus on and make clear to you what's going on around the world besides the little whiny things we complain about here in America. It's nothing compared to around the world. Now, uh, I know you, many of your growth groups are on break, but I'm sending the growth group leaders links that they could go deeper into this and have special websites. The statistics I just read to you are on one of those links. As well as, if you want a copy of it, ask your growth group leader to, to forward you that email. One of the sites is Voice of the Martyrs. And you could just uh, type in your browser, persecution.com. It'll bring you to Voice of the Martyrs. They, they keep up all year round, keep us up on where to pray and what's going on around the world. Another great ministry is Open Doors Ministry. And you could type into your browser, opendoorsusa.org opendoorsusa.org and you can get information from that uh, so 
again, information on how to pray, or sometimes there's even ways you can give and, and help out. And we have our tables equipped if you want some literature before you go home today, as well as information on the Browns. And so what a fitting introduction today's, to, the, to today's text in Hebrews chapter 11, starting with verse 35. We got uh, only five verses to cover, but they're, they'll keep us busy. Father, we pray right now that as we look at your word, and that as we study your word, that you would teach us. Give us the right heart, the right attitude, the right mindset. And, and Lord, show us what you want to show us. Change us how you want to change us. Make us what you want us to be. We give you our hearts, our attention, our ears right now. Speak to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, again, a little review. We've been in the book of Hebrews, and the Hebrews was written to encourage Hebrew believers, Jewish Christians, and it's really, the message is, it's all about Jesus. Have you ever heard that before? The message is, it's all about Jesus, so don't trade back. You've, you've moved on, you've graduated from just the, the actually the, the Judaism in that, that day had become very corrupt. We talked about that the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, Judaism is from God, but it had gotten corrupt. Like many good religions get corrupt, like many good denominations have gotten corrupt in time. And so what, what the writer of Hebrews is saying, come on out and, and follow Jesus. Don't go backwards. Jesus is superior to everything you'll ever find in Judaism. And if you go through the book of Hebrews, you'll see meticulously, greater than Moses, greater than the prophets, greater than the angels, greater than the law, greater than the high priest. We've gone on and on through all of this. And, and so it's to encourage these Jewish believers you're not losing, you're gaining when you come to Christ. But the second message found in Hebrews is that the way to God has always been the same, by faith. Not by jumping through hoops, not by, well, if you do all these traditions or if you follow all these laws, the 300-something laws in Judaism, that's not the way to, you could, you could keep all the rules and still not be right with God, you know that? And so the way to be right with God is through faith. And so Hebrews 11, where we're at right now, has been giving us example after example of Jewish heroes of faith that teach us lesson after lesson about faith. We've looked at the obedience of faith with Noah and Moses and others. We've looked at how faith overwrites our failures, um, like Samson and Jephthah, the, these people who were boneheads. And if you know their story, you'd think, oh my goodness, I don't want to follow their example and some of the things they've done. And yet, it seems at the end of our lives, God writes a, his approval letter to us because of faith, and like he wipes away all the bonehead stuff we've done. We've seen that. It's been encouraging. We've seen that faith gives us our identity. When we look at people like David and Samuel, and you know David has made mistakes, and yet he's listed in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Faith qualifies the unqualified was one of the titles of one of our messages. And we saw how Joshua, who was not a trained warrior, how him and his small army took down the walls of Jericho. Well, they didn't really do it. God did it. But they conquered a mighty fortified city with seasoned warriors in it because God qualifies the unqualified. He makes worthy the unworthy. If you're paying attention, you know I'm actually telling you some of the titles of some of the messages we've covered. He makes worthy the unworthy. We looked at people like Rahab, a prostitute. And yet she makes it in the hall of faith with a big 
approved stamp over her head. And she's, not that she remained a prostitute, but she began to put her faith in the true living God and became among the righteous. So faith makes worthy the unworthy. And uh, we see that faith makes us right. It's always been the same. It's always been the same that faith makes us right with God. And Abraham, the grand example, and we, we've listed some of his mistakes and some of his, we all have bonehead moves. Maybe I'm overusing that word. But, but Abraham was found righteous by faith. And every single one of these people listed in Hebrews 11, they were made right with God through trusting God. And of course, that trust brought forth obedience and a changed life. And we've seen now in the last few verses we've looked at, verses 23 through 35, the first part, we saw that faith actually could help you overcome things in life, right? And all of a sudden today, in today's text, we're making a turn. We're turning a corner. Because we're looking at verse 35, how it starts out with faith brings victory. And then we look at now how faith, faith under pressure, faith suffers and yet endures. We see that what I'm calling today's message the tenacity of faith. So there's a sudden contrast. Look at verse 35. It says women, we looked at last week, women received their dead, raised to life. And we looked at some examples of that and your growth groups looked at the. But right in the middle of the verse, there's a flop, flip-flop. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. So we, we, the temperature is changing here. We're, we're looking, instead of just victories and good news, now we're going to look at some sad stories, some terrible things, how faith gives you the power and the strength to endure. And we look at the tenacity of faith. Again, uh, the part here, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. See, here's the other thing that a lot of Christians get wrong today. Contrary to the false teachings of many, faith doesn't make you always healthy, always wealthy, always rich and walking well, always never make mistakes. Faith makes you conquer any situation in life. I mean, that, there's this whole doctrine that's been going around for the last, I don't know, 30 to 50 years. I haven't kept track, and I don't know how well it's going in Idaho. But this idea, this word faith movement, that you can just claim whatever you want and get whatever you want, and sickness can't touch you and trouble can't touch you, it's not biblical. It's a twisting of biblical teaching. What, that, what, what we're looking at, if we look at that, is heaven. Heaven will be like that, all right? There'll be no more problems in heaven. And we'll look at that at the end of our study because I want you to, I want to end at a positive note. But here's your next fill-in. The Bible and history is full of examples of good and godly people who suffered for their faith. Yet they found approval from God by their faith. You know that? Is, I've talked to people, what was it? I remember one time I went on a mission trip with somebody from one of the famous health and wealth uh, churches. He told me that he was a pastor on staff at this church that was in Deposit Confession, Health and Wealth, and they rebuked him because he didn't have a nice enough Mercedes. They says, brother, you're being a bad example. You need to show them that as, as Christians walking in faith, we could be wealthy. You need to get a better car. He had a Mercedes. It, wasn't, it was too old. Get a new one. Twisted thinking. Okay, it's just messed up. 
And, and, and so we get to get our heads on straight and understand how it works properly here. We could, we could suffer. We can have no car and have to walk. We could walk barefoot in the snow to, to school uphill backwards and forwards like my dad used to, see? And you could still be approved by God. Even if you have nothing, even if you're not rich, you could be sick and find God's approval, okay? There's so much false doctrine out there with this. Now, um, in verse 39, it even says, all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise. Well, we'll talk more about that when we get to this verse, but I want you to see what the author is saying, what the Holy Spirit is showing us, that you could be approved of God and not get everything you think you should get, not even, not even get the fullness of what God promised to give you. And we'll, we looked at some examples of that. So here's your next fill-in. Faith isn't what, getting what you want. Faith isn't getting what you want. It's giving God what he wants. Hmm? That's what faith is. It's not the power to get what you want. It's the power to give God what he wants because now you believe him and you're acting in obedience. So, though those mentioned in verse 35 through 39, which we're going to look at, they enjoyed all of God's favor and companionship. They didn't get rescued from all of the suffering and death and torture and all the things we're going to look at here. These were people who got approval, God's stamp of approval in the hall of faith, and yet it didn't go well. And I think we need to realize that in America, we've been kind of spoiled, and as persecutions, the heat starts getting turned up, we need to be ready for whatever God sends our way. And everyone's willing to be blessed by God. But is everyone willing to suffer for God, if that's what he calls you to do? And, and that's really a challenge, okay? So through faith, some escaped the edge of the sword, verse 34, and others were put to death by the sword, in verse 37. Through that same faith, one was rescued and the other died. And those growth groups that are still meeting are going to be going through some texts from both Old and New Testament examples of this so that you could look it over and discuss it together. Prepare our hearts for whatever might be coming and also just get a, a reality check of what God does promise and what he doesn't promise. Now here's your next fill-in. Since faith will not only lead Oh, excuse me, sincere faith. I knew I said it wrong. Sincere faith will not only lead believers to do great things for God, but it will also at times bring them difficulty, suffering, persecution, and seemingly tragedy as they strive to live and work for God. In case you missed those words, those blessed promises you want to claim, difficulty, suffering, persecution. Want to claim something? (laughs) This is what happens in real life, okay? In Bible, to true believers, and in today, as, we, as we've heard some stories today already. Okay, so faithfulness to God doesn't guarantee comfort or freedom from persecution, for sure, in this world. But it does assure us of God's help and strength to endure the troubles of life. See, I, I, I've never been really, truly persecuted, but I've always wondered, how will I stand up if, if there comes a day where I may have to be deny Christ or die? I really hope and pray that I'd be one that could say, take me now, Jesus. Cut my head off if you have to. But Lord, receive my spirit. You know, Everyone 
You know, everyone fears that kind of thing. But I want to I wanna be that type because God is showing us through the scripture you don't know what's coming and we need to be prepared and have the kind of faith ready for either way. I, I certainly love to be blessed by God, but I, I want to be willing to suffer for him as well. And that's what we're talking about in today's text. Now, um, in verse 35, it says, Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Listen, pay attention to that. Not accepting deliverance. They were tortured. Uh, it's interesting, the Greek word for tortured here means to stretch out, like stretching a skin over a drum and beating it. Uh, it's not a pleasant <laughs> word here. They're, it's a brutal word to be like be beaten with a baton. And it, it says not accepting deliverance. Here's the thing. Many, not all, but many of the early church martyrs, they had a choice. They could deny Christ and they could live or they could refuse to deny Christ and, and die for their faith or be tortured. Uh, tough situation. They, many of them did have a choice. You know what? And I think that's really, we need to keep our eyes on that, that that's really our lives as well. You have a choice. You can go along with the flow. You could live the way culture says to live and accept all of their ideals and standards and, and precepts. And you could escape persecution. Or you could hold your ground for Christ. And sometimes there's consequences for that. Really. I mean, have you noticed that? that now, that, that is true in America today. There's this politically correct movement. There's the, the woke thing that's going on. That, that you just got to go along with it and accept everything. Even when God calls it a sin, it's not really a sin. Just love everybody. Well, we, you know, we're supposed to love everybody. But we need to hold our ground and stand for faith. You know, by the way, this doesn't mean be obnoxious, okay? This, this doesn't mean to be intentionally a, a thorn in the flesh to people and be annoying, okay? I believe that we're supposed to be loving to all people, but help us, Lord, not to compromise and to speak the truth in love, okay? So it says in verse 35, it continues, they're tortured, they're not accepting deliverance, but why? Because they were looking for a better resurrection, you know, Jesus said in John 5, 29, that in the end time, when the Son of Man calls them, that many will come out of their graves, and those who've done good will rise and live, and those who've done evil will rise and be condemned. There's a good resurrection, and there's a bad resurrection. So the better resurrection is for those who just trust Christ and who are the faithful. See, these worthies that are being mentioned here, they were looking to the better resurrection. It goes on to say in verse 36, still others had a trial of mockings and scourgings and yes, of chains and imprisonments. There's a list. Now, if you want to do your homework, and I've given the growth groups more text to look up because many of the Old Testament uh, the heroes of faith suffered like, like this, especially the prophets. Uh, one of them is Jeremiah the prophet. Uh, and, and there were many other godly people who went through these same sorts of things of sufferings and imprisonment and torture. In verse 37, it says, They were stoned, they were sawn in two, and were tempted and slain with a sword, and they wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and torment. That doesn't sound like a good sales pitch for becoming a Christian. You want to become a Christian? Well, let me give you your job description. 
You could be stoned, sawn in two, tempted, slain with a sword, wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Sign me up. And, but this is the example that is set before us. And uh, according to tradition, the prophet Jeremiah died by stoning. The prophet Isaiah was sawn in half. So some of these are taken right from their history. Uh, and there's other prophets that were also stoned, a list that, that I've given to the growth groups to look up and, and discuss together. Uh, <clears throat> killed with a sword. It's funny, while some, I, I've said it before, that while some found through faith they were delivered from the sword, we looked at that in studies past, not everybody. And, and that's why when people come to me and they say, if I'm sick or going through a problem, they go, do you think there's something wrong? You, you think, <coughs> excuse me, Hallelujah for the mute button. <laughs> so, you know, they'll say, do you, you just, if you only had more faith, this wouldn't happen. That's just a lie. That's just, just read your Bible, okay? They're killed with a sword. It's skins of sheeps and goats they wore. Okay, this is talking about a lifestyle of humility. As a matter of fact, this was the clothing of many of the prophets. And Eli Elijah, Elisha, John the Baptist, you know. And it was, it's a picture of humble living, uncomfortable clothing. And, and again, this is contrary to what many will teach today, that God has the best for you right here, right now. You could, and matter of fact, in some churches, if the pastors don't wear the most expensive suits, they'll be rebuked for that, you know. So that's why I, I try to wear my best for you guys, okay? Because they want to set forth this example that a real Christian is blessed financially and health-wise and everything. You are blessed, blessed, blessed. You got money. You got the nicest car, the nicest clothes. Well, how about sheepskin? I'm not going to wear sheepskin or goatskin, okay? Uh, this is pretty close. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a picture of humble living before God. It's not like God's plan for you is to be a rich snob, Okay? Verse 38 says, of whom the world was not worthy. Okay, stop and think about it. Compared to some of the, the preachers of today, we're talking about the people who are beat up and tortured and had nothing and destitute, living in caves. Were, uh, they had nothing to wear but a sheepskin and a goat skin. The world was not worthy of that. Jesus, he's the resurrection. We hope you enjoyed today's program. You can find all of Pastor Mike's messages and any other information you would like about Calvary Chapel Eagle online at cceagle.org. In iTunes, you can subscribe to the podcast Calvary Chapel Eagle Sunday morning. If you are new to the area and don't already have a home church, we would love for you to come check us out. We meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle. That is one block north of Highway 44. You can call or text the church phone at 208-891-2635. Once again, you can get any information you need at cceagle.org. There you will also find a link to join our Facebook page. So until next time, remember, it's all about Jesus. Yeah, the power of His name.